What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, and we are discussing House of the Dragon Episode 9. And uh, we've had a little time to sit and marinate on this. We've been doing some things, uh, going to Walking Dead conventions and, you know, going on cruises, or at least I have. So (laughs) So we've been kind of uh, struggling to get everybody's schedule on sync, but we are here now. We are talking about Episode 9. Oh, the king is dead. And king is dead. He was already decomposing. Man. <laughs> He's actually dead now. Okay, so <laughs> I kind of want to go in order, but I kind of don't. But I think we're going to go in order because I have the first thing I want to say. So the episode starts out, we see different you know, images of the castle. It's very quiet. It's nighttime. I'm guessing this is like maybe within the same space of time that Viserys has died. You see a little boy coming out of, I'm guessing, his quarters. And the little boy walks through the castle all the way to the kitchens where he finds Talia and whispers something in her ear, which obviously is the king is dead because she says, you know, she kind of looks at him. And then the next shot that we get is of Allison in the bed crying like you're are you sure so i have an issue starting from the very first of the episode where the hell are all the guards it's the middle of the night this is the freaking king of the seven kingdoms there are no guards outside his door there are no guards in the corridors there's no guards anywhere the little boy who's walking through the castle passes by one maid that's it where the hell are all the guards if they had had proper security on the king the way they were supposed to they could have avoided all this shit that happened in this episode because everybody would have known the king was dead somebody would have been able to get word to Rhaenyra before all this bullshit happened where were the guards it, it could have been the shift change, like you know how <laughs> shift changes happen. There's usually someone there, and then someone comes to relieve that person, so that there is no breaking coverage. There is not a soul in the castle, save for this little boy. Who? Why the hell is he up at that time of the night anyway? I, I think it's early, early morning. And I think he was, he's a servant. I think he's supposed to go in there and help, help, help get the the king up. And still, why are there no guards? Why was there no one posted at the door? Why with the king being in the physical state that he is in? Why was someone not there just in case he called out for help? In case something happened, he could have fallen out of the bed. He could have fought. Why was no one there to help him? I have so many issues with this. They could have all this bullshit. They could have avoided this whole war that we know is about to happen. It's quite possible that the way the state of things currently in the castle, dealing with the high towers, it's quite possible that they didn't care. They might not have cared, but there are other people in that castle who would have cared. There are other people in the castle who would have said something 
I mean, Sir Westerling would have made sure that there was coverage. Prince Aegon had someone who was supposed to, you know, guard him. The queen has Sir Kristen. So why not the king? Why is the king left utterly alone, like completely alone? I just, I have major problems with it. I, and I realize it doesn't matter now because he's dead, but I think it's possible that they just, the, the, the director and the editor and all that, they probably were trying to set a mood and a tone and they didn't think about people thinking about there were no guards. You know what I mean? I don't think that thought crossed their mind. Other than that, the only other reason I could think of is it was intentional, but I doubt that because like you said, there are too many people with the vested interest in him as king who would just be like, oh, whatever. Especially, uh, is it Westerling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The can- commander, he, no. Th- this would be unacceptable. Right. I mean, they had guards outside of Prince's, uh, Rhaenys's rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So why not the king? The king of the yeah, fucking I, seven kingdoms. I think they were just trying to set a mood and a tone and just didn't. They didn't think about it. Are we going to have to do a separate episode about the things that they don't think about in the show? Not just this show, but Game of Thrones in general when it comes to things on screen. Doesn't it seem like they sometimes rush through some of the stuff they're trying to do? Like maybe they maybe they be pressed for time and they're just trying to get 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 it done because it costs so much. This this production costs a lot. And And time is money. And I understand that, but I guess if you're putting so much time and money into the show, do it right. That's why we have Starbucks coffee cups laying around. Again, whole episode about things that they do wrong. (laughs) But okay, we're going to move on. I just let me, I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood. I was very, very bothered by this. How is it that the king has no security? Anyway. So, yes, Allison finds out that the king is dead. She goes to speak with her father while Talia starts lighting candles in the windows. And I was like, hmm, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. When Sansa was trying to let, uh, you know. Um, Brienne. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was trying to let uh, Brienne know that, hey, I need some help. Anyway. So Allison goes to her father and he asks her who knows and she names off, you know, Talia, a few of the servants. And then she drops the big bombshell. I saw him last night just before he died and he confessed to me that he wanted Egon to be king. Even Otto was looking at her like, what? What? And it was just the thing that made me think about this whole episode. Yes, she keeps telling people that this is what Viserys told her. Otto looked at her to the point where she was like, it's the truth. Laura Beesbury was like, I have known this man longer than any of y'all in here. And you cannot tell me that he's going to confess this on his deathbed to one person without a witness. Aegon in the episode is like, he didn't want me to be king. He had 20 years. 
to name me heir. And he steadfastly held to Rhaenyra's claim. He didn't even like me. He didn't even like me. <laughs> Why? Why would he want me to be king? Everybody is sitting here doubting this, except for probably the only other person who who really knew him best. Allison, come on now. Who did you and I already have this conversation? We're like, it it the the man had not changed his mind for 20 years. Not once. Not once. Not we, even came we, close to it. Even like looking at what happened with the, the drift mark secession thing, when he was there, he was like, Why are we even here? He's this, like, I said it, this, this once. Is, I don't need to repeat myself. This is the same situation. Like, I didn't change my mind. Like, I would have at some point. No, he's the king. He doesn't have to reiterate the point. Right. I made the decision, the decision stands. Period. And I mean, I want to I want to give her a little the benefit of the doubt because I see what they're doing with her character in the show, especially the last couple of episodes. They are playing her a little bit on the sympathetic side. You know, what we've read in the books has basically been like she was just this person who was just so dead set on her son becoming king by any and all means necessary. And we see that in this, you know, in this episode that's not necessarily the case. She's doing it because she thinks this is what her husband wanted. But she has reservations about it, especially when they go before the small council and they let him, they let them know that he is dead. And immediately, Jane, it, it's like everybody took like 20 seconds to process it. Nobody's face changed. Nobody, there was like no reaction to his death, I, I guess, because they've been expecting it for some time. I mean, if you look at the way Viserys looked in the last episode, we kind of saw it coming. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they didn't even let it sit for 20 seconds. And then Jason Lannister is like, oh, so we can go ahead and move forward with our plans. Yes. So there are two guards in the King's Guard that are still loyal to Damon. We would need to have them removed. Lord Lannister, oh yeah, the uh the treasury will be split and everything. And and Allison is sitting here looking at them because at first, when Otto is telling them about the king's death, she's not looking at them. And if you notice, she's picking at her fingers again. She's sitting there nervous. And when they start talking about it and going on with the conversation, like there's no break in the conversation, she is looking up and she is looking around like, hold up. So you so you guys already had a plan to install my son and didn't tell me and it was that whole plausible deniability well we didn't think we needed to burden you with the details and she's sitting there listening to them do all of this stuff and say all of this stuff about what they're going to do to take this throne and she's the one who asked what about Rhaenyra and they're like oh she can't remain free she's going to have to be locked up and then Otto, you know, he kind of suggests that, yeah, if she remains free, she's going to end up calling banners to her and then there will be war. And then they start talking about, oh, well, yeah, maybe she needs to die. Or at least Allison says, so you mean to kill her? And they're like, well, you know, that probably would be the best solution. And this <laughs> upsets her. Yeah, Otto and the maester they're trying to tell her this is the best solution she was like 
you are not going to sit here and try to tell me that Viserys would have wanted this for her daughter, for his daughter. He loved her. You will not deny that. She was like, this is not what he would have wanted. Yeah, but he also, he also, and, and he wouldn't have changed his mind in that way, knowing that it would put her in harm's way. Like, no, he, he, he would have anticipated that if he were to be thinking about changing his mind, which we know he wasn't. And it is hilarious how they're like, yeah, so we can go ahead and, you know, they, they've already planned for this. They have a whole and, plan and this in is place. Thing, right? This is the thing. I truly believe that they have this plan in place, regardless of whether he changed his mind or not. Like, oh, definitely. As soon as he died, they were going to put their plan in place regardless. Like, it, it, Rhaenyra could have been there in the castle and they would have locked her door and put their plan in place. Mm-hmm. I, because it was too... Because literally, they just left. Like, this is the same night. Same this night. is the morning of the party. Uh-huh. So Damon and her and the kids, they, they left already. Like... Yeah within hours and for the adults or at least for allison and rainera left on good terms right left on good terms like they were they were taking the first steps to patch that bridge to to oh i tell you and poor beesberry Let me give a shout out to my man, Lord Beesberry, because he was not with the shits. No, he was he like, said, hold whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, hold I up. am seven and 60 <laughs> years old. I have known Viserys more longer than any of y'all. Y'all can't tell me that he he made this declaration just to the boy's mother with nobody else and then died afterwards. Oh, I was like, oh, you basically sitting there accusing somebody like, oh, how convenient that is that he would have said this to her and then died. And then again, like I said, no guards around, nobody else around, no Lord confessor for the king, none of that. And so um, I can't think of what old old boy's name is over on the um, to the queen's left. He was like, so which one of us are you accusing of regicide? He was like, I don't care if it was one of you. I don't care if it was all of you. I will not stand for this. This is treason. (laughs) Right. Technically, it is treason. It is. Very much so. To them, they don't know any, they don't know whether she's telling the truth or not. You know what I mean? And you can question her in that way because everyone's going to question it. The entire kingdom would question it. Yes. he said that all the lords would be like, he said, they'd be like Beesberry. He said this, and you were the only person to hear it, and he immediately died. And you even that see that with insane. the way that they handle things throughout the rest of the episode, like the lords and ladies that are already there, they bring them to the throne room, and he's like, oh yeah, this is what Viserys says, so you guys are now going to swear your allegiance to Aegon. And you notice some people bent the knee, those are probably the people who were on the fence anyway. And then you had some people who were like, I'm not bending the knee. I'm not an oath breaker. One guy was like, let me go talk this over with my house. And he was like, you can't leave until you swear obeisance. Really? Y'all just going to force this out of people? Man. Yeah, this is in effect a coup. It, it, well, not really a coup. It's, it's a, 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 a coup, whatever. 
is everything supplication <laughs> whatever it is they are doing it and poor lord beesberry he is the only person in that room who is like i'm not with this then here comes sir Kristen cole's old murdering ass again i do not understand how he still is a white cloak how he still has his position he goes he grabs lord beesberry by the shoulders and he pushes him down and says sit down and he pushes him so hard his face hits the table and of course you know they have those little balls mm -hmm. in the tables when they hold the meetings slams it right into his temple and lord beesbury is immediately dead mm -hmm. you got witnesses now because sir harold is there Otto hightower is there the maester is there Jason Lannister is there. Oh, I can't. I don't know who this other guy is, but they're all sitting there looking at this, and Allison is just like, "Lord, like." And the, and the thing is, is anyone on the anyone on the outside looking in, you'd be like, "Okay, you tell me." The small council walked in there, they had a meeting, decided that Aegon would be king, and Beastberry is dead. That sounds suspect. Like the whole situation. Mm -hmm doesn't sound right well see we don't know how they handled it in the show because in the book Kristen cole actually beheaded lord beesbury yeah, well okay he's, I one, account, his one account is that beesbury was beheaded the other account is that he was thrown or quote-unquote jumped from a window onto the grounds below i think one of the accounts apparently they, they kind of kept it from people for like maybe a week because in the book, no one knew Viserys was, they didn't make public that Viserys was dead for almost like a week. Locked, like, they, locked, they locked the door. You yeah, know, like literally his body, his body started to smell. Mm -hmm. And that's why they had to lock up so many of the servants because people started questioning because you got the smell of death on the air. Who was the person in the castle that looked close to death? The king. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Lord, Lord Beesbury, he's dead. Sir Harold challenges Sir Kristen. Sir Kristen is about to challenge him back. I'm like, why is this dude not dead yet? I mean, I under I know why because he's he's the high towers lackey, mm -hmm. but he there is no way he should be wearing a white cloak right now. But anyway, so. Otto tells Sir Harold that he needs to take his white cloaks, he needs to go to Dragonstone, and he needs to complete the job efficiently and discreetly. Basically saying, you need to go and slaughter Rhaenyra and her family. However it gets done, you need to go do this and you need to go do this now. Sir Harold looks at him. He takes that cloak off. He was like, I am the Lord Commander of the King's Guard. That's the only authority I recognize. And until we have a king, I don't have a place here. And he walks out the door and I was like, I was looking because I thought Sir Kristen was going to do something to him. I was like, if you touch my man, we're going to fight. I, I I know that in the book at this point, Sir Harold has been dead for like 20 years. Yeah. So... I'm going to say he's probably on par with or better than Barristan Selmy, which would mean that 
I don't like Kristen's chances against him in a one. I don't either. Match. I don't either. But at that <laughs> point, I think I, I really will. I really will want Kristen. Please try. Just I mean, please. In please a fair try. fight, in a fair fight. Oh yeah, he has absolutely no chance. I mean, he is the commander of the King's Guard for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't put it. Past yeah, I like the honor, the honor and dignity he walked out with. He's like, mm-hmm. no, we're not, we're not doing this. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So, Kristen, I wouldn't put it past him to do a sneak attack to attack him from behind, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, I I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, so Sir Harold quits the King's Guard, and. The the dude whose name I can't remember, I forgot. He said something because Allison is still trying to wrap her brain around the fact that they're planning to kill Rhaenyra. And she said something to him and he said something back. And she was like, you open your mouth again. I'm going to send you to the wall. I was like, oh, she done, she done had about enough of him. But at the time, I think she's also, I feel like, She's trying to find a, a a way out of this because, again, she knows that's not what Viserys would have wanted. And that definitely would cause some kind of war, because even if um even if Rhaenyra is killed, there are going to people who be people who backed her who may be like, oh, y'all stole this throne and y'all kill. Her? OK, yeah, let's let's kind of see if we can write this wrong. But. At some point, she realizes there really isn't much she can do because now she she don't even she doesn't even technically have the power to do anything now. Uh, in a different in a different universe, Allison would have seen Viserys' death as a way out of the prison she's been in. Uh, and Rainey says as much. When she yeah, goes to her yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying she could have taken that and been like, "Take your kids, take your grandchildren, go back to Old Town, <laughs> she, and be like, we're, we're going to get a country estate, and Rhaenyra can have the the throne, and y'all can have all this stuff, and we're just going to be over here chilling in the reach." The only way she would have been able to do that is if her father had preceded Viserys in death. Yeah. Because there is no way Otto Hightower is going to let that happen, especially when he hoard his daughter out to the king in the first place, just yeah. for this particular reason. Give him some sons so the son will be the king and we will elevate ourselves higher than, you know, to the, I mean, because. Yeah. Yeah, but we see later she 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 does get she does show a little hit spot. She does she does show a little a little metal and a little steel when it comes to him later. Yeah. Because so, she she really sticking to her guns about the Renera thing. She mm-hmm. does not want Renera killed. Mm-hmm. Period. So she's sticking her guns on that. Right. But also, I think that little conversation she had with Ray Nice kind of put that in her too because she she's sitting here trying to be like yeah we you know we will never rule but we can gently guide the men who do and Rhaenys is like you're just trying to do all of this so that you can kind of get a peek out of your prison window and see what's going on she was like 
you are still beholden to your husband, to your father, to your son. And then we see also in this episode to Lord Laris. Mm-hmm. She is she is surrounded by men who do not have her best interests at heart. They're all greedy. They all want what they want, which is egg on on the king, so they can all be elevated and everything. And she just wants a peaceful. I mean, she was Viserys's wife. Viser, I mean, what what was it that Otto called him? Viserys the peaceful. Yeah, she does not want any of this. She even says as much later on. She was like, when she talks to Rhaenys, she says something about we we need to guide the men towards peace. Yeah, and Renice is trying to tell her you're being exploited by all the men you're surrounded by. They're all exploiting you. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it feels like Allison n- never, well, I won't say she never realized it, I think maybe she realized it, but she ignored it because what could she do? Mm-hmm. She's not she's not in a position to where she can fight for her independence, where she can fight and say, look, I don't want any of this stuff going on. Because, again, look who her father is. Her father has pretty much controlled her. You know, used her as a puppet to maneuver and do all of this stuff. She can't do what. Lord uh, Laner did and just like fake her death and go off. She's she's got three kids who are very obviously Targaryens. Where could I she think, go? I think I think Renice would tell her you you probably have more power than you thought you did. She could have. You you could have you had a lot more power than you thought you did, but mm-hmm. yet you let the men do because. She was in this situation at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like she lived a life or, you know, even like the, um, Emma, who preceded her, who probably ruled with more authority or had more leeway or more sway with Viserys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't something that she she knew that she could do, but that's just her not knowing how to play the game i i think the other part of it too is that if you're constantly being looked at and being treated as the spare in that sense you know even up until his dying breath viserys loved emma you know i think he cared about allison but as far as loved her i don't know if he ever did you know i think he was grateful to her because she comforted him through the death of his wife and she was a great she was a good companion to him she was mm-hmm. a good wife to him i mean rainera even said as much but i don't think he loved her in that sense and because of that i think it was just more so okay i'm just going to do my duty and that's it you know i mean he even called her emma's name at one point during lena's funeral, funeral yeah so I think for her, maybe it was just, okay, you know what? Let me do what I'm supposed to do. And she never thought about looking forward because as far as she was concerned, he wanted Rainier on the throne. And that was what he said. And that was what was going to be. And I think she was naive in thinking that once Viserys passed, her father would honor those wishes. I mean, we see they already had a plan. And even when Jason said something, he said, so 
am I to assume that we can now move forward with our long laid plans with the king's blessing? Y'all were going to do it regardless. Mm -hmm. They were. And (laughs) she was so naive that she had no clue. She had no clue. She met with the small council every day, every week. And the king said, had no clue that they were plotting behind her. Technically speaking, that's treason. If she really wanted to, she could have her dad's head on the pike. Mm-hmm. If it were Cersei, baby on the pike. <laughs> well, I don't know because Tywin kind of ruled in a in, in a with the Iron Hand in that sense too, up until a certain point. Up until Cersei also was like. Oh, yeah. So you think you're this? You think you're that? Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. So this whole Lannister legacy that you think you have. Yeah, no, it's 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 not good. Also, let me tell you, I'm also sleeping with my brother. How about that? You know, it, it, it took a while for her to get to that point. And it was at the point, I think, where he was also treating her like like chattel, like, oh, yeah, okay, so yeah, the king is dead. I'm gonna marry you to this person who is a lot younger, and you're gonna bear him kids. Cersei was probably 40s, and mm-hmm. you want her to marry this young dude and have kids? Oddly enough, a situation that Rhaenyra was similarly in. You marry her to a gay guy, and you're gonna expect them to have children together just so you can keep your place in the no. Cersei wouldn't have had this and I think had she been put in this position it would have been a totally different thing I mean she of course she probably would have been trying to put her children on the throne but there was not a Rhaenyra for her in her time no there wasn't so mm, anyway unless you know Gendry had been legitimized, but that's another story. Yeah, because that would have <laughs> happened because she had all the bastards killed. So Gendry. Right. But of course, whoever hit him, they hit him well. Anyway, moving on. So here's the plan. We're going to usurp the throne. We're going to put Aegon on the throne, make him king. We are going to go and try to kill Rhaenyra and all her family so that she can't contest it. They go to Aegon's rooms to look for him. He's not there. They come to find Helena and she's in there with the kids. Now, I've started paying a little more attention to the stuff that Helena says Mm -hmm. because the things that she says tend to come true in whatever weird way. And as she's as she's in there with her kids and they come in, she's telling the nanny, she says, it is our fate, I think, to crave always what is given to another. If one possesses a thing, the other will take it away. And the nanny is just like, yes, princess, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, but okay. And then right after that, her mother and grandfather walk in the room looking for Aegon. And I'm like, she always says, the right thing at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Because she's literally mm-hmm. talking about the throne right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what other nuggets of wisdom is she going to speak in this episode? <laughs> well, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. So, of course, they're looking for Egon, and they're like, where is he? She's like, 
not here? <laughs> like the most obvious answer. Right. And Otto is like, we went to his rooms and he's not there. She's looking at him like, didn't I just say he ain't here? Like, why do I care where he is? <laughs> and she realizes that something has happened. She asks her mother what's happened. Allison sits next to her. And the first two words she says is your father. And then Helena says, there's a beast beneath the boards. Her mother's like, she thinks this is just one of her ramblings and she tries to comfort her. She was like, there is a beast beneath the boards. I'm like, "Mm, okay, so what does she mean about that? Then here comes Eamon. And Eamon, Eamon is, I will say this. In this episode, I was very intrigued with his character. Because he walks in and he immediately looks like, okay, he walks in, he knows what's happened. He can tell what's happened. And there's kind of like a mixture of sadness. And I won't say happy. I I won't say happiness. I don't think he was happy that his father was dead, but it was like sadness and also resignation, I guess, because he's like, damn, now this means my brother is king. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. dreading this. And we see this throughout the episode because as he's talking about Aegon and his um, his behavior and the, the way he acts and the way he kind of shuns, he doesn't want to be king. And, you know, just the things that we see and learn about Aegon in this episode, it's clear that Aemon is kind of like, he shouldn't be the king. I should. I'm the one who studies. I'm the one who trains. I'm the one who does what a ruler should do, or I I behave in the way that a, that an heir should. And I have the biggest dragon in the world. And I have the biggest dragon in the world. Of course, we can't forget that. But it's like, I feel like he was sad in the sense that his father was gone, you know, even though we never really saw Viserys have much of a relationship with, with them still that's your dad you know but i think he was probably more horrified because realizing that your mom is in the room that's probably a sign that oh here we go with this bullshit y'all finna try and steal this throne y'all finna try and put him on the throne really and i felt like i could see the irritation in his Mm -hmm. face just a little bit and it's like he pulls it off very nonchalantly But I noticed he pays attention to a lot of things. And I was just like listening to him through the episode when he was talking to Sir Kristen Cole. He was like, yeah, he could be dead. He could somebody could have kidnapped him. He could be somewhere else, but he's not where he's supposed to be right now. Now that I'm the heir, if they come looking for me, you best believe I'm going to be found. He was like, I should be the king. You know, and I just it's one of those then he, the, it, one of the things is that Aegon didn't even want it like he doesn't even want it he doesn't want it he doesn't want it he doesn't want it and Aegon himself says that I mean he said it a couple of episodes ago when Alicent went to go talk to him he was like well Rhaenyra can have it I won't challenge it and Alicent was like you are the challenge Aegon didn't want this, and I think that started from that moment when his mother came in there and said, "You, you will either be king 
or you will die because she will kill you. Again, that's something that Otto put on her. Rhaenyra has never given that indication that that is what she would do to her brothers. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think from that moment, Aegon was probably like, so I have to do this thing I don't want to do or else I'm going to die. Like, what the fuck kind of life is this? Yeah, let me go just do whatever the fuck I want to do because yeah, I was gonna say he got he got a yellow until he becomes king. He can't do it no more. Right. He's like, mm. let me do, let me go do whatever it is I want to do because I'm not gonna be able to do it. And we see he has been doing quite a bit. <laughs> Starting with the street of silk and then going towards more um fight club. Well, it's the the it's like the the cockfighting yes it's like junior versus fighting you have kids in a ring where their teeth and their nails have been sharpened and they're fighting each other to the death and this is the kind of thing that he i guess goes and looks at and partakes in and and aiming is not aiming one of the twins is like you really want because the twins are looking for the twin kingsguard are looking for Aegon, and one of them is like, you really want someone on the throne, this is where they get their sits and giggles. That was yeah, Sir you, Eric. Yeah, you really want the person on the throne who who is into this perverted, detestable type of crap. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only that, as Sir Eric points out, he was like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that Prince Aegon is into, and you know, oh, also, let me show you this over here. And yeah. there's a little silver-haired boy up under the stands. And Eric is like, is that is that his bastard? And Sir Eric is like, oh yeah, one of one of many, one probably. Of many. <laughs> but I find it interesting. So we're gonna get a little bit into book discussion right here. How far in the book are you as far as the story? Um, I started at the beginning okay. of the book, so I haven't gotten to any of this yet. But I do know in the book he has he has bastards, mm-hmm. so a, a girl one... and a boy, right? At least two. At least. Yeah, at least two. So I think this is one that is gonna have a prominent role towards the end of the Dance of Dragons. I believe that may be this child here. But mm-hmm. I was sitting here thinking, like, technically speaking, he's sitting up under some boards, too. He could so, be the beast beneath the boards. Right. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, so is it is it the dragon, like we find out later on, you know, what happens? Or is it this child? I was like, hmm. It could be both. You know how, pro- you know how prophecies and scenes work. That's true. And I mean. And doesn't she say it twice? Does she just say it once? She says it once at the beginning, and then during the coronation, I believe she says it again. Yeah. But yeah, so the the child is an interesting thing. And then, of course, while they're there in the pit, a young lady comes up to them, and she's like, hey, I can take you guys to Prince Aegon. They're looking at her like, what do you mean? She was like, oh, yeah, my master... You know, I know somebody who knows where he is. You might want to see what the white worm has to say. And she walks off. They follow her. Now, on the other hand, the twins are looking for 
Prince Aegon for Otto. Mm-hmm. Allison has sent Sir Kristen to look for him and Aemon has tagged along with him. Now, this is the interesting thing about this. So when Allison walks up to Sir Kristen to ask him to go find Aegon, she says this thing where she was like, um, what did she say? I trust in your feelings for me as a princess or, or, or as the queen or something like that. And I was like, so is she using whatever, you know, it's, it's obvious Sir Kristen has an unnatural attachment to her in a sense. Unnatural? I mean, I'm just saying he has killed uh-huh. twice for her already. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he, he can't have a family. He can't, he can't be with a woman. And the one time he was with a woman that just kind of broke his heart because he wanted her to run away with him and she refused. So I'm like, okay, is he harboring like this secret crush towards the queen now? And she's calling it in like, okay, yeah. So I know how you feel about me as your queen. I was like, nah, something's fishy about that. Wait, wait, you don't think for a second that he has already hit it? Cause I'm almost certain he has. I don't think he has. I wouldn't be. Uh, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if he hadn't. Like no, there had to be a moment is, where. Come on now, because this no, girl, because he is such a prude. Think about it. He is such a prude, and he is so. He has this warped sense of honor and responsibility. Like he's a white cloak. He's not supposed to lay with a woman he's supposed to be celibate he's not supposed to have children he's not supposed to have a family he broke that once for Rhaenyra and look what it got him so I think he would be like oh no I'm not falling for that trap again I'm not gonna be somebody's boy toy just for them to treat I I don't think he would be down for that I I mean I would think so I would think that maybe his value system has become corrupted and but not so, not not in that not in that sense. I don't yeah, think so. I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't think so. That's one of the reasons why he's so fucking uptight. He ain't getting none. <laughs> Come on now. He well, would not be that uptight if he no. He is sexually repressed. I I do truly believe that he may be well, in love he, with her, but I think he is truly truly sexually repressed. He he wouldn't have hesitated to go and kill Renero. Oh no, absolutely not. That, and that's that, probably that, why that, she did not task him with going to rent it. No. Hey, yes. Go find my son. He might be in some disreputable parts of the town. Go find him. Yeah. So Sir Kristen and Eamon, they go and like I said, they go to the Street of Silk. Now, I got a little bit confused on the conversation that Eamon and Sir Kristen was having. So when they get ready to go towards one of the brothels, Eamon says, um, Aegon brought me to the Street of Silk for my 13th birthday, I think, to make sure that I was as educated as he was, or at least that's what I gathered. And Sir Kristen is like, how do you mean? And Aemon says, he said, it's time to get it wet. So I was like, so does that mean that Aegon took him, but he didn't do anything? Like, I kind of got that vibe, like, maybe he was like, I'm not going to do this because if doing this makes me like that, I'd rather not. 
No, um, 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 I took it to mean that Aegon took him there. Aegon took him there so he could do his virginity, and he did. See, I, I, I read that a different way. Like he, yes, that was the purpose for him taking him. But when he said, or, you know, um, he, he brought me to the street of silk when I was 13 so that I could be as educated as him. Or so I, or so that's what I thought, or, or that's what I assumed he meant or something. I don't know. Just something about the way he said it made me feel like, yeah, this is what he tried to do. But it yeah. Didn't yeah. But then, but then the madam looks at him like, oh. She was familiar with him, like, oh, you're back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, if he brought if he brought him there, yeah, she would know who he is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he did anything. And you know, she just looked at him, she was like, Um, my, haven't you grown up? And he just went, hmm, and then walked off. Something tells yeah. me that that didn't go uh, the way that Egon wanted it to go. Cause I feel I, like Aemon would have I think it did. I feel like Eamon would have looked at that because if you look at how out of control Aegon is, especially if you seeing how depraved his mind is, he goes to chill, you know, these fights with children and he's been apparently whoring all around flea bottom and leaving bastards everywhere. And he's a drunk and just, I mean, even his appearance, the way we see him, you can tell he doesn't have it quite all together. I feel like Eamon would have looked at that and been like, okay, if this is what he's doing to be like this, I'm not touching it. Well, he could still have done it and still have made that value decision. Mm. Like, he can, like, you know, yeah, I did it, and you know what? This is not for me. Okay. That's what I took it to mean. Yeah. Because I saw shame in his look when she said something to him. Yeah, that was like a look of oh, oh yeah, I, like I remember what happened though. I, I, yeah, no, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he walked away from that because maybe he walked away then, but he did something. He just realized that this was not for him. Okay, I just thought it was very weird. I also find it very weird that Eamon is supposed to be sixteen. He does yeah. not look like a sixteen-year-old. No. And I'm telling you, I, I think it has a lot to do with the dragon. Yeah, I was going to say I that, think, too. I think it had a lot to do with it. And I think also, too, maybe just his, his mindset and his maturity. You know, he, he seems so, I don't want to say high strong, but he seems so overly in control of himself, whereas his brother is the complete opposite. And I think that ages him a little bit. You know, or at least that's what the appearance is supposed to be. He's more mature. He's more stable than his brother. And as we can tell, he's a lot more intelligent than his brother. So I think he's supposed to have that more mature look. But I was like, you're not going to tell me this dude is 16. Like, no, anyway. He look about as old as Damon sometimes. <laughs> it could be Damon's child almost. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so Kristen and Eamon are looking for Aegon, and so are um, Sir Eric, Eric and, and Sir Eric. Eric. And basically what happens is the twins, they end up uh, going to Otto and bringing him to meet with the White Worm. Because, of course, when she says something like, oh, we got the prince, 
that's something that they they're going to pay attention to. And then when they sit down, Otto was like, how do I know you're not telling, you know, you're telling the truth. And she says to him, uh, my condolences on the passing of your king. And Otto was like, pay her. <laughs> I don't know how she knows this, but she knows pay her. And then she starts talking to him, giving her demands as far as what she wants for the role that she's about to play in handing over the prince to him. And basically she just wants, she's like, look, I want these children fight rings to stop. I want the children to stop being mistreated and flea bottom, you know, she was like, children are treated like beasts and your gold cloaks look the other way. They pay no attention or your, your white clothes, they, they pay no attention. They let this behavior happen and I want it to stop. And I was like, yeah, I'll look into it. I was like, you really going to, you really believe he's going to do that? But she gives him the information he wants. But I, let me say this. And you see my dog on scream name her accent bothers the hell out of me because I don't know something about it. It's like when I hear her talk, because it's like, she talks with this weird accent. And then sometimes she says words with kind of like a soft lisp. And then sometimes she doesn't. And then her accent change. It's, it's like running your fingernails over a chalkboard for me. It's not consistent. No. Yeah. And it's it's just it's horribly done. Like yeah. what kind of, like what are you is she is she supposed to be like I don't know any of her history, but is she supposed to be from Volantis? She's from Lease. Nice? Lease. Lease. Okay. You know, like Tears of Lease? Yeah. Yeah, she's from Lease. So I I mean I don't know what that accent is, but Oh my gosh, she is it, it's it's irritable. It's irritable trying to listen to her go through this dialogue where she's like she's supposed to be this alluring, mysterious and I guess it's supposed to come off as sexy in a in a way because of the type of work that she does now. Like she was she used to be Damon's whore and then she kind of rose in the ranks and now she owns several of the brothels. And as we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, she is now, she is the current times mistress of whispers. So she has some power, but just, I, I don't know. Her, she, she just kind of irritates me at this point. But anyway, she tells them where to find Aegon. Aegon is hiding in the sept. Not only is he hiding in the sept, he's like up under, what is that centerpiece called? It's, it's like, it's almost like an altar. Yeah. Um, it's the same little altar that um, Rhaenyra and Alicent yeah. were praying in front of when um, Rhaenyra's mother passed. But he's literally hiding in there. And when they pull him out. They, no, no, no. When they are trying to pull him out because he doesn't want to be pulled well, out. Well, they end up pulling him out and then he <laughs> ends up running, trying to get away. And it's so funny at this point because. Sir Eric, you know, Eric with the A, he is there fight, not not fighting him, but he's like holding him down. He was like, you run from what most men would would want, you know, and he's sitting there trying to get control of him and trying to hold him. And he's like, yeah, the Lord, the Lord hand, your grandfather wants to see you and blah, blah, blah. 
And Sir Eric is just looking off to the side like, I want no part of this. None. And literally from that point on, you start to see that little divide between the brothers because Sir Eric goes outside. He has Aegon. And when he walks outside, you see Aemon and you see Sir Kristen Cole. So, of course, Sir Kristen Cole has his sword out. He's like, yo, we're going to take him now. His grandfather wants him or his mother wants him. We're going to take him. They get into a sword fight. Aegon takes off. Aemon takes off as, after his brother tackles him and they get into a tussle. Sir Eric is up on the balcony just looking like, yeah, I'm not. My name it. ain't Benny and I ain't in it. <laughs> and he, he, he found he, him. Yeah. And even Sir Crystal Cole says, uh, so your brother's not going to help you? And Eric is just sitting there looking at everything. Aegon is down there screaming to everyone in the streets, basically, because you're screaming at your brother. Everybody can hear you. I I have no wish to rule. I'm not fit for it. <laughs> and Aemon's like, you won't get an argument from me there. And then um, he says, is it true that our father's dead? And Aemon says, yes, and they're going to crown you king. And then he spits on his brother. Like, what? I, I don't know. This dude clearly doesn't want to be king. And he even tells Amy, he was like, look, let me just get on the boat. I will go far away from here. You will never see me again. And you can tell Amy is looking like, yeah. That's not a bad idea. That'll work. <laughs> but of course, Kristen Cole has to come up and, and ruin everything else. Yeah, let's take you to your mother. I was like, Amy is sitting there looking like, fuck, I almost had it. It was right there. But that, let me tell you, Aegon, and I, I guess the, the thing that's really confusing for me, well, I won't say confusing for me, because we see so little of him, and we have in, you know, the, the previous episodes, so aside from that conversation Allison had with him, we really have no reason why he is the way he is, except for the fact that, well, no, because he's not even... He's not even full Targaryen. He's Targaryen and Hightower. So it can't be that whole inbreeding, messing with your mind thing because he's half Targaryen. I, th I think it was just a, a lack of, of nurturing. And I, and, and I don't know. Because he but, really but there's something fun. wrong, but, but there's something like even Helena has something off with her too. So it's, it's not necessarily, you You don't necessarily have to be, you know, inbred to manifest in, manifest some mental health issues. And, and but see, it would just make it more likely. It, it increases the probability mm -hmm. that two out of three kids, you know, because he see, has... I I guess I'm I'm looking at Helena like I look at Helena. I feel like she's more of a seer, and not necessarily that anything is wrong with her. I know in the in the books, I think they call it. Um, she has dragon dreams, and mm -hmm. it's basically um, dreams that are kind of prophecy in a way. So right, but we but we can kind of lump all that stuff into the same vicinity like it comes up because of xyz right you know um 
there's I don't know there, there's a lot of strange stuff that happens in the Targaryen family tree this is true <laughs> so this is true know. but I mean the fact that he is so he is so adamant that he doesn't want it he to the point where I I almost feel like the stuff that he does you know the the alcoholism the going around siren bastards raping the the first nanny that they had i feel in a way like all of this behavior stuff that he is doing on purpose so that they will say he is unfit to be king and pass over him i almost feel like that's what it is and it's to the point now where he's panicking because he's like i've done all this stupid shit and y'all still want me to be king what the fuck is wrong with y'all yeah, but wasn't he already acting a little odd before it was a possibility in his mind? Like, when he was jacking off out of the window. <laughs> I don't know was... if I would consider that odd because uh, that's, I mean, granted, maybe not out, not standing on the window ledge, but I mean. Oh, that's okay. That, that, that's that, what that all teenage boys do. I think that the uh, thing about him uh, being in the. Wait, 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 wait. A teenage boy is not going to. Stand outside of no. That's why I said I said I'm not talking about the standing on the window part. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that teenage boys don't jack off. That is not that's, abnormal. That's not that's, that's not what I was. I wasn't saying what? that was abnormal. no no no. I know. But I was what saying, I'm saying standing in the window doing right. But that doesn't normal. necessarily that doesn't necessarily have to be something that is a mental thing. Like oh he's he's kind of off because he's doing that. He literally could have been just feeling like I'm the prince. I can do what I want. People who are in power, they do stupid things sometimes just because they can. He That could have been him. I won't say that that was something that was like, oh, yeah, he's a bit touched in the head. No, he felt like jacking off and he was probably just like, oh, fuck these people anyway. Um, I mean, it we, could happen. We, we could... We 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 we're not we could spend an hour on this. So no, we not. are not. We absolutely but there not. but there is a sliding scale yeah. of this type mm-hmm. of stuff. So he his sister may be up here, you know, the mad king may be way up here. He might be down here somewhere. It's just that, you know, and Eamon is almost a psychopath. So they they're all on the scale of of that stuff so so you say he's almost a psychopath right now and i i'm gonna be honest up to this point we really haven't seen any behavior that would really point in that direction he hasn't acted irrationally in anything he's mouthed off a couple of times We've seen that he has become a great fighter, or, or at least he trains very well, but we know that was a result of him being bullied. That doesn't necessarily mean he is a psychopath. He's just... I didn't say he was a psychopath. Well, you, you said he's close. showing signs of it, or close. Well, and I don't think that's the case. Well, I think, well actually, I think psychopath, that's he's not necessarily a psychopath, more sociopath, I would say. But again, what have we seen that would make you... Go towards that um, indifference to other people's feelings, that that and that slight bit of narcissism is typical of a sociopath. And there are people who are famous, who are popular, who are sociopaths. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just this how he operates. I'm not. There's not anything inherently wrong about being a sociopath. Some of our presidents, 
And a lot of CEOs, a lot of important people are sociopaths. It's just there's a sort of an indifference to your actions affecting other people's feelings and not caring about the result of those things. But again, like, I don't feel about, like that. But about to bash in your nephew's head because you're upset about, you know, some stuff, that, that might be an indication of a little bit of impulse control problems. Okay, we can, wait. We uh, uh, go, uh, 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 we're, we're not, no, we're not uh, going to No, because we, we, we got to talk about this because, again, no, even with even with the the thing about him getting ready to bash in uh just Jace's head head, they jumped him basically, so yeah. he was defending himself. I don't look at that. That's not. I don't think that was him being out of control in that sense. He was a child first and foremost, and yes, he went and claimed his dragon and he was bragging about it or whatever. I don't think he. I don't think his character is that of oh i'm gonna say something or do something to people and i don't care how they feel about it he very much cares how they feel about it and he's doing it as almost like a a a defense mechanism because this is a child who was bullied this is a child who felt less than because he claimed the dragon later than his siblings did even i mean even his younger sister had a dragon and he didn't at the time. You know what I'm saying? This is a person who felt unloved, as we see probably all of Viserys's other children do. He felt unloved. He was bullied. And then during this moment of, hey, this is what I did, he gets into a fight with not just one, but four of his cousins or four of his family members. They jump him. He had to defend himself. And from that point on, especially with him losing an eye, he was probably like, oh, I'm never going to put myself in that position again, or I'm never going to let myself be in that position again. I don't look at that as something bordering on, you know, or having any indication of him having any mental health issues. This is a person who is defensive because of the world and the way that he has been brought up in. And He's just like, okay, I'm going to train really hard. I'm going to study real hard. I'm going to make sure that no one can say anything negative about me. And he does, yes, he does have an air superiority about him, but it's because I feel like he knows he's better than the rest of them. And that's just how he, you know, that's how he feels. It's like he's overcompensating for the lack of from his brother. But I don't think... I don't think there's anything pointing to sociopath, psychopath, anything with him. Now, I would say it maybe more so for book him, but that's only because I know where the story is going. But right here in this moment, if we're just going by the show, he hasn't exhibited any kind of behavior. I, that I, I will. Like that. I will say that a lot of the things that you you use to defend him mm-hmm. are a lot of the markers that would indicate. A, pre, a, a person who would be on the path to being a sociopath. Like all those things add up to a person being in the position to at least um, indicate that they could be a sociopath as an adult. So, you know, I mean, we, like I said, we can go back and forth about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the harder you, the the more you defend him, and the things that he does and the actions that he takes, 
and the things that motivate him are the things that would indicate a person who would be on the way to being a sociopath. And I'm not saying that that is a bad thing because people can be functioning sociopaths. It's not necessarily uh, mental health is mental health. Like he could be perfectly fine and be a sociopath. There are a lot of people who are perfectly fine and a sociopath. They don't go around murdering people. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen him just outright murder someone. No. We haven't seen him do that. Um, but there are a lot of sociopaths who don't murder people. I'm just saying that there's there are things that add up in a person's personality that either through how they were raised or their genetics would lead him to be a certain way that may not be what a normal person under those same circumstances would do. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it may not be a sociopath, but then I can make an argument that he could be a sociopath. Mm. It could go either way. I guess I just, because... But it's easy to it's easy to want to defend him when you hear mental health, and I I don't want people to think that I'm saying that that was a bad thing because he could be a sociopath and be fine. That's the same thing with Damon. Damon has some issues and he's perfectly fine. No, nah, da- Damon show. is not perfectly fine. We, can, we have a whole fine. other conversation Damon's about that. Perfectly fine. We have a whole other conversation about that because he has some narcissism in him too. But yes, but he's people, also murdered and, and done so gleefully so that there is a difference in he that. He does, but he always, but the thing is he always has a purpose. His murders are not random and and excessive. He actually has a he has a objective in his murdering. If you could it say doesn't not, justify the murder. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, it depends it on depends on your perspective. Like his murder of um um Vaymond was justified. Like he was clearly given permission by the king. To do such a thing, he, the king wanted it was his a tongue at his head. There is he a told him he, he you can, can still live with you can still live with your tongue cut out. You cannot live with the upper half of your head cut off. There is a difference. Okay, well, I mean, we could go argue. <laughs> was it not treason? And what is the punishment for treason? That, okay, okay. You're right. But again, that that's something that the king should have. But yeah, we could go back and forth. I guess. I guess the thing for me is, especially in our society, we hear the words like sociopath, and they're always yeah, and they always in a negative bad. light. They always and, think it's a negative connotation, right? And, and like, I'm, I'm here to say that it isn't. Okay, yeah, because that's what that's what I was gonna say. Because like, even up until now, even with the fight in the last episode. He basically mouthed off because they were making fun of him, or at least Luke was. He was yeah. making fun of him with the with the whole pig thing again, going back to that bullying when he was a child. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the only thing. Like I know some people are like, okay, yeah, he's this and other. And I'm like, up until this point in the show, we have not seen anything that will make me look at Amon and be like, yeah, you know what, that dude needs to go down because everything I feel like everything that he has done has not is not been to he's not really hurt anybody you know what i'm saying even when he was fighting with the other little kids yeah he could have hurt jace and that, that's why i was very much saying i was like he was about to bash his head in so yes i understand luke 
defending them. And unfortunately, it, it cost him his eye. But in that situation, both sides of, of the, you know, fight were wrong. So I yeah, just. But I mean, the, 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 the thing is, we, we do forget that he's still a teenager. It's and, 16. Right. Supposed to be 16. And most adolescents and teenagers are going to, if you give them a test, uh, uh, assessment, they're going to assess narcissists and sociopaths. Okay. Because that's just what hormones <laughs> do to you. That <laughs> you, you don't know how the world functions in a normal way yet because you haven't lived yet. Right. So a lot of the things you do is going to be about you and your feelings and not really caring about how other people feel. Mm-hmm. All I was saying is, yeah, he made score on that scale, too, because he 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 doesn't he doesn't seem to be as sensitive about other people's feelings as he is about his own feelings. OK. I was. Yeah, because but, but his, I mean, his, again... his response, his response to. There are a lot of ways you can deal with bullying, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways you are clearly a superior individual over your nephews. Mm-hmm. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know this. Everybody knows this, right? So there was really no reason to insult them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, Luke laughed when the pig came out. Mm-hmm. What can Luke do to you? Right. Absolutely nothing. Oh, so at, at, at that point, uh, Luke, Luke was in that. the line of succession, and he wasn't. No, well, so. at that moment, mm-hmm. but he's not thinking about the line of succession. He's thinking about him laughing at him and reliving that moment he was being bullied, even though at this moment, he could take Luke's face and plaster it all over the room, and the only person who could stop him would either be Christian Cole or Damon. Mm-hmm. There was only two people in there that could stop him. Mm-hmm. So how was this boy laughing at, giggling, really, because of the pig? Because if it, he was reliving that moment in his head, too. Mm-hmm. You were offended, you were hurt, and you decided to insult people, mm-hmm. knowing that your insult is a problem. You understand what I'm saying? I'm you could have done a whole lot of other things other than the one thing that could get anyone else murdered or killed for treason. Mm, so yeah. again, you're not thinking about the consequences of of how that affects everyone around you mm-hmm. because you were offended. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just who he is, you know. And all those things that happened to him created him for what he is now. The same reason, you know. We'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. What happens later? What was that about? That's about your ego. Again, being a narcissist. Mm. And yeah, shit happens. Oh, well, the consequences are going to be fucked up because you had to be the bigger person. Yeah. We'll talk, you, yeah. you can't just let shit go. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So we're going to move on from him because <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have plenty more to talk about him later on. But going back to um, going back to the castle. So we talked about Sir Eric and Sir Eric and them kind of starting to diverge in their, you know, in their thought processes. And um, we mentioned earlier that Princess Rhaenys was being held captive in the room. And that's because what Otto 
does is everybody who is in the castle at that particular moment, they are locked into the castle. Renice is confined to her room and all of the servants who are aware of Viserys' death, they are taken to the dungeons and they are, you know, sat in there. Like I said earlier, the lords and the ladies of the uh, prominent houses are brought to the throne room and basically told, okay, hey, Viserys changed his mind right before he died. So now instead of bowing to, you know, uh, pledging your loyalty to Rhaenyra, we need you to do that for Aegon. And oh, by the way, if you don't do that for Aegon, you can't leave this castle. You will go sit in the dungeons as well. So you have a couple of people who are steadfast about, okay, no, I pledged to Rhaenyra and that's who I'm going to stick with. And they get sent to the dungeons. Now, Lord, um, Lord, is it Carswell or Caswell? Lord Caswell. 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 He's looking very uneasy during all of this. But once he sees some, one of the Lords being taken to the dungeon <clears throat> or the, um, the late uh, lady of, I forgot what house she was in. Is it Phil? Yes, I think that was. So she's taken to the dungeons because she refuses to change her loyalty. And so at that point, he decides to bend the knee like he's, you know, pledging fealty to Aegon. And then later on in the episode, we see him sitting on his horse at the gates and they're about to open the gates. And then all of a sudden he is caught. He's brought back before Otto and Lord Laris is telling him, yeah, he was getting ready to leave the castle. I think he was going to warn Prince Rhaenyra and he tries to play it off. He was like, yeah, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I have no love for Rhaenyra. And Otto was like, well, wh- where were you going so suddenly? And he can't answer. So Otto is like, yeah, let the, um, let the King's justice have him. And so when uh, Rhaenyra is still in her room, Sir Eric comes to get her. Sir Eric comes to get her. And he was like, come with me, princess. I cannot let this treason stand. So I was like, oh, okay. So he's clearly chosen a side. He's about to help Rhaenys. Ray- uh, I said Rhaenyra. Rhaenys. He's about to help Rhaenys get out. And they go out into the city. And while they're passing through the courtyard in the castle, she sees Lord Caswell. He's been hung. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of to that point now where it's like, okay, yeah, so... The high towers are basically saying you either serve Aegon or you die. So I was like, yeah, this about to be some shit. It's about to be some shit. And um, they escape into the city. And as they're trying to get out, you know, Rhaenys wants to go back and get her dragon. Yeah, she said, I can't leave Melise. I can't leave Melise. I will not leave Melise. And, um, you know, Eric tells her you can't go to the dragon pit. That's they'll be expecting you there. What he failed to tell her was they will be expecting her there because that's where they're doing the fucking coronation mm-hmm. for Aegon the Second. Because they wanted to be in front of thousands. All of King's Landing. All of that's King's what Landing. Allison said everybody needs to see him crowned so that they know that he is the one true king. And this coronation was so funny because you have them basically herding all of the people into the dragon pit and everybody's sitting there. And of course, Otto Hightower, he makes the announcement that the king is dead, um, you know, but he left. Hold on. Hold on. What what I realized, I was like, why are they doing this? Why are they rounding people up like cattle? 
to give him there. Like they're literally whipping people and trying to give it. And I realized they never announced that there was going to be a coronation. They never announced the king was dead. So people are like, what are we doing? Like they're just rounding everybody up. They have no idea, no clue what the hell is going on. Right. Because there's usually a bit more pomp and circumstance in getting prepared for a coronation. Everyone knows about the coronation. Everyone's excited about the coronation. Mm -hmm. But no. This literally we, takes place we, less than 48 hours after Viserys' death. Right. That's the way it appears in the show. So, you know, yeah, nobody knows that he's dead because I think also what's supposed to happen when the king dies, they're supposed to toll the bells and mm -hmm. they didn't do that. Yeah. So nobody knows that the king is dead. All the people who do know that the king is dead are locked in the uh, dungeon at the uh, Red Keep right now. So nobody knows. Nobody has announced it. And also, I think they wanted to make sure that everybody was in there so that once the word gets out, they can kind of control people instead of, you know, it, you know, people going out saying something. Oh, no, Rainier is supposed to be the queen or they're they're trying to make. They're trying to force the issue, basically, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be your king. And then, you know, you know, they're looking out in the crowd like, OK, so who's not clapping? Who's not? They're looking for that kind of thing. And it's so funny because even when they start announcing this stuff and when they say the king is dead, people are just kind of looking confused like, huh? And then they mentioned that Aegon is going to be king. You have some people who are like, um, and then you hear a clap and then you start hearing everybody clap. And then, yeah, I'm like, y'all people are so fickle. So well, they, but the thing is, but the thing is, like with the aristocracy doesn't realize is that the peons for the most part, whoever is at the top doesn't change their situation. Not at all. It it doesn't really change their situation. They don't they really could care less, mm -hmm. you know, who the king is. They may make fun of the king or queen or whatever, but for the most part, whoever's wearing the crown, it doesn't change that I'm still in this shitty hellhole. <laughs> right down here, flea, flea bottom. bottom. Mm -hmm. Right, it doesn't change anything. Right. So you know, that, that's my two cents. Yeah. I forgot where I saw that. I think I saw that in in maybe um, Monty Python and, and the Holy Holy <laughs> <laughs> because you know those guys that that was funny. But I think there's a scene in there where they're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter who who's king, right? You know, right. it doesn't change what was happening here, right? And then so, honestly, that's how people feel today in the politics now. You oh, know, some people didn't feel like whoever's president didn't change what's going on in their lives. And that's why a lot of people don't vote, even that's though they don't vote. vote. You know, yeah. even though we, we see that that is very much not true. Not true. It and I'm here to tell you, you better get out there and vote because <laughs> it does matter it does. who's at the top. Mm -hmm. Very much. You may does. not feel it. It may not feel that way. It may not seem that way, but it does matter. Mm hmm. It does. Um, but anyway, before we, because I'm watching it in the background and this scene just came up. So before we continue on with the coronation, we got to talk about this scene with Lord Laris and the Queen. <laughs> so we we finally figured out what his deal is. He subscribes to her OnlyFans page for the foot feet pictures. 
And I'm okay. not saying that I know what OnlyFans is. I I really don't. I just I just read about it. So here here's the thing too. So everybody has been making the jokes about the foot fetish and stuff. I don't have if, if you have a foot fetish, that's on you. Good, great. I think the thing that kind of got me about the way it was presented in the show is that so basically Lord Laris comes to the Queen's room and we've already said something about the fact that he spends a lot of his time in the queen's rooms even Otto mentions it they'll say even Otto said something about it it was like yeah "Yeah, you've been spending a lot of time with the queen as of late and you know Lara says there's no reason that that can't benefit you as well and I was like what is he talking about I I think his idea benefit and Otto's idea benefit are two different things so different so different (laughs) so he goes into the queen's room and the queen when when she hears him she has this look like oh my god she was like the hours late Lord Laris and he was like yeah but I think you're going to want to hear what I have to say and she just has this look of defeat on her face and this again comes after this conversation she has had with Ray Nice. So then again, you're looking at, oh, here's another man who is just using her to get what he wants. So she sits down and he was like, I think you may want to hear what I have to say. And he looks at her pointedly. She sits down, she takes off her shoes and she puts her feet up on the table and at first I was like, why is she doing that? And then I looked at the look on his face when he was talking to her. So you know how they say, you, you know how it is sometimes when men are talking to women with big boobs, they sit there looking and the women are like, uh, excuse me, my face is up here, not down there. That That's how I felt this whole scene, this whole scene. Because he's sitting there telling her about the white worm. He was like, you know, there are certain things that are in place, certain certain uh, lines of communication that are in place throughout the city that, you know, kind of give information to people who shouldn't have the information. And it's gotten by people who shouldn't have that information. You know, he starts talking about the spiders within the walls and that sort of thing. And all the time he's looking, all the time he's talking, he's just looking at her feet in this most interesting way. And she's just sitting there so defeated. She was like, so you're trying to tell me some of these spiders are in the walls? And he was like, well, and doesn't say anything. She looks, she rolls her eyes and she takes the stockings off. So now her bare feet are there and you can see him get a little more animated with his talking. He tells her, yeah, your handmaiden is one of these spies. And she was like, oh, Talia. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So he's telling her all this information while he's looking at her feet. And then he makes mention that he can get rid of this kind of, you know, thing if that's what she wants. And she was like, oh, is this, I take it this is your area of expertise. And he was like, if you want it, if you say it, it's done. And she just looks at him. Now, this is after the conversation she just had where she was fussing at her father about not, you know, not wanting to kill, not being a weakness, you know, because he was like, yeah, um, so, yeah, we can kill Rhaenyra and fix all this stuff. And she's like, look, just because I don't want to do this, that doesn't mean I'm weak. So when he says that, she just kind of looks at him. She turns around. She pulls her dress up a little bit more so he can see her full feet, her ankles, and she turns her head. And he reaches his hand up under his clothes and he starts jacking off. And I was just like, I 
it was just one of those things where it's like after hearing what Rainice just said to her about living in this little prison where she's still doing things at the whim of the men in her life. I felt so sorry for her right right then because I was like, yeah, I bet you at this moment, if she could leave and just go somewhere and just take her kids and just get the fuck on, she probably would have at that point. Like you have had to go so low as to be basically a foot prostitute for this man because he is the person who you have been confiding in and he has done things in your name to make sure things stay the way that they are. And I was just like... So, so for, first, first of all, for the record, we do not have any issues with anyone and their kinks. We said that. I, I said that already. They, they I, I are said fine. It. We are fine with it. I was just a little surprised. You know, I was, it, I was just taking it back. I wasn't prepared for it, but you know, it's cool. Only I thing I want to know is how did that? How, hold on. How, how did that first conversation go? Like how how did he first approach her? Like, you know that that would be. <laughs> I will tell you. I will tell you how it probably went. You remember after he killed his father and his brother, and uh-huh. he said something about, "Oh, I'm sure you'll think of some way to thank me." He probably oh. brought that up, and it's probably been going on just, just that long. Just take your shoes off for me. Right. And That's how it starts. <laughs> I, read a, I read a comment somewhere else that says he probably has that foot fetish because of his own defect, his his disability having the club foot. And, you know, right before that scene started, when he was walking towards the couch, they made a point of pointing the camera at his club foot. So I think it has something to do with that. Like she, has- I, I know, and and I I sort of have an issue with it because not all kinks are birthed in a person's own issues right. sometimes. Right. So I I I I don't want to offend anyone, but that was the one thing that about the situation that kind of bothered me. Like right. that that's not always the case, and I wouldn't want people watching it to think that oh. He likes to be. He likes to choke girls because he was choked when he was little. That's not really true. Yeah. Or, or they like to bite because they were bitten once. No, that's not necessarily true. So but I think. I understand. I understand why they did it. I, I just. It was an interesting choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah, I would choice. say that too. But it was. Is it's one of those things where I feel like I said I feel like he started that probably way back then when he killed his father and his brother and even though it's it's only it's it's probably been what at this point i think maybe 10 years but still if he's been doing that for that long i just it's an interesting transaction it's an interesting transaction because Mm -hmm. i thought he was in it for for power and he's not yeah (laughs) He's just an, not, he's not just power in that way. It's, yeah. it's a different. It's a different kind of thing. Yeah, it's very manipulative and it's yeah. it's very controlling, very misogynist. I mean, he's basically he's he has power over the queen in that way. Yeah, like the fact that whatever it is, he's, he's reduced her to a a, 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 a adolescent fan, fantasy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and this is the queen of the seven kingdoms. Yeah. 
And the fact that whatever it is that he has done or whatever information he is giving her, she feels like she has to do it. it there's like, you just lost your husband. You just had to go through this drama trying to find your son. You just had this big argument with your father about the right way to install Aegon as king. You don't want to deal with that kind of drama that right then. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she felt like she couldn't tell him no. You know, even though I have some information you may want. Okay, can you tell me tomorrow when I'm not grieving my husband? Can we not do this tonight? Yeah, why would we have to do this right now? Right. Like, he didn't <laughs> right even have now. enough respect for her to give her that kind of space to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to leave her alone. Or he could have he easily just been like, hey, um, you might want to check your girl. He could have given her that advice for free, which, of course, I know this is Game of Thrones and the kind of character that he is. He does nothing for free. That would be like asking yeah. Littlefinger to give information and not expect something in return. So I get that. And and the fact that I just made that comparison and we've called him Littlefinger at some point in the season, it, it fits. <laughs> middle it finger. fits. Yeah, middle <laughs> f- it fits though, because he's playing the same type of games. He's, he's doing the same thing that Littlefinger did with Sansa, taking mm. advantage of someone who is in a position where they don't have other people around them. Like, think about it. Allison really is all alone because, and she said this even when they were younger, once she became the queen, she has no friends. She has no one around her. The one person who was closest to her that she was trying to fix that relationship, that person is now going to be lost to her forever because of the things that her father and his people are doing. Nobody has her best interests at heart. Nobody gives a fuck about Allison. All they care about is putting Aegon on the uh, on the throne, making him king. That's all they care about. They don't care about her. So the fact that she feels like this is her only avenue of getting information or of having some kind of companionship, I I do feel for her. I do feel for her, and it and I I'm kind of I kind of like the fact that they've put her in this position of vulnerability not not in the whole uh lord larry's sense but i mean just the fact that we see that all of this stuff that's happening now is not what she wanted this was not the route she wanted to take and you've seen those glimpses throughout the whole season of her wanting to be like okay but no i support rhaenyra okay the sarah says she's gonna be the queen She's going to be the queen. Let her be the queen. As long as we don't threaten her, she'll leave me and mine alone. And I think she really felt that up until her dad got in her ear. And then she became paranoid. And then things just kind of spiraled from out of there. So it's kind of like the men of her life, as much as she has tried to protect them, as much as she has tried to serve them, they really have put her in this bad position, which I mean, for most of us who are a little bit knowledgeable about Game of Thrones of history, we know this is not going to end well for her side of the family. Actually, it's not going to end well for either side of the family. But the fact that her father in his quest for power basically started the downfall of this this generation in this family, you know, 
I just I feel really sorry for her. Are are, are the high towers an extinct family? Are they extinct? I don't think they are extinct. Um, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know they. I know they don't have the same um, authority they had because the um, the the Tyrells rule the reach. Yeah, but the Tyrells are descendants of the High Towers. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just. <sighs> I don't know. I, I feel sorry for her and, and, and what she's about to endure. But um, going back to the coronation now. So, yeah. <sighs> Aegon is about to be crown king. He comes into the um, he comes into the dragon pit and, of course, they're saluting him and everything. Now, he, he cleans up pretty well. I will give him that. But still, you can tell he's just kind of looking around like it's almost like he's expecting Ashton Kutcher to come from behind somewhere saying that he's been punked because he's walking, he's walking through there. Like he's still not believing this is happening up until he gets to the stage. And mm-hmm. in the midst of this, Rainice is in the crowd and she's kind of witnessing what's happening because she and Sir Eric have been ushered into the dragon pit along <laughs> with sure. everybody else. That's sure. that, That's a, <laughs> That's a nice way for me. Corralled. They have been corralled. They have been herded. They have been ushered into the dragon pit with everyone else. And in the midst of all the chaos, they've gotten separated. So she's still hiding because no one knows she's escaped the castle. Aegon goes up to the stage. Otto is making his announcement. You know, it's your good fortune and privilege to be here to witness this. You know, a new day for our city, blah, blah, blah. And Aegon comes up to the stage and there's one really interesting thing I noticed and I watched this three times just to make sure I wasn't imagining it so over on the side you have Eamon and you have Helena and they're looking at Aegon as he's coming up the stairs as you know all this pomp and circumstance is going on and when he kneels down and Sir Kristen Cole is getting ready to um, crown him. They're all looking at him. The moment the crown touches his head, Helena looks away from him and she does not look at him again until he stands up and he starts looking at everybody waiting for them to acknowledge him as king. She looks at him for a brief moment. She nods her head. She turns her head back away. She does not look at him the entire time the from the moment the crowd touches his head now i don't know if that's significant but it was very very noticeable to me like even in the background now i'm looking she's looking at him very very intently while the um priest is putting the uh holy water on his head and -hmm. then as soon as the crowd touches his hair she turns and she doesn't look at him again until he stands up she turns her head she curtsies she does that little bitty curtsy to acknowledge him as king and she turns her head again and she does not look at him and she does not look forward again until the beast from beneath the boards comes out because during all of this Rhaenys has looked around she's like oh I'm in the dragon pit yeah let me sneak my way on this way she goes downstairs for her it's like how fortunate (laughs) right 
<laughs> like, oh, isn't this lucky? This is where I wanted to go in the first place. Yeah, because it was that moment in the street when she realized that she was being herded towards towards the pit. She smiled. She, said, yep, oh, okay. she was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> but yeah, so when he when he gets crowned and everybody kind of acknowledges him at King, as King. And the other funny thing is, during this whole time, you know, when I say that Helena is looking at him, Eamon is not looking at him. So it's like they're standing next to each other. Helena is looking towards Aegon. Aemon is looking towards the opposite direction. And then once the crown hits his head, their gazes do this. Helena looks off to the side and Aemon stares directly at his brother. And it remains that way for the rest of, you know, the time. So I was like, okay, I don't know if that's going to be significant or not, but it was just very, very obvious to me. So anyway, Aegon turns around. The crowd starts cheering. He takes the sword and he throws it in the air, you know, with his arm like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. You have a huge explosion as Rhaenyra and Maylise come from up under the floor and when I say when she came out of that floor and then you close in on her, she's, I mean, she took the time to put her armor on. She was in full She armor. was in full <laughs> badass mode. Full armor. And she turns, you know, the dragon is sitting there. He's kind of, you know, it's, it's a couple of people dead in, in King's Landing today. <laughs> The funny, she she probably could have just left. Like I'm sure there's another exit. She could have just left, but nah, she wants. Oh to no, make she had to make a statement. She had to make a statement <laughs> because again, um, earlier in the episode, you know, Allison went to Rayneese basically saying, um, yeah, I want your support, and she tried to use this whole thing. Oh yeah, you should have been queen and all this other stuff. And I think at that point, Rayneese was like, okay, you know what? Let's just go on ahead and make this clear. So when Maylise turns towards the stage. Allison tells Sir Kristen to get Helena out of there and she stands in front of Aegon because she's fully expecting dragon fire at this point. Yeah. Maylise inhales and lets go and all it is is this huge, huge, huge scream. And then Rhaenyra just kind of, I mean, Rhaenys just kind of looks at them she turns around and they take off. And Allison has this look on her face like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, she about to go run tail that straight to Rhaenyra. But I know there were people who were pissed off. They were like, Rhaenys could have ended this whole thing right there. She could have burnt them all to a crisp and everything would have been gravy. And I just, I disagree with that so much. I actually agree with the way that she handled it. One, because this is not her fight. They didn't usurp her throne. They usurped Rhaenyra's. And, you know, at this point, she kind of sort of doesn't like Rhaenyra because she feels like Rhaenyra had her son killed so she could marry Damon. So there is that. But at the same time, too, I feel like 
I feel like that was just a big fuck you to Allison. Like, yeah, you talk about women having power. This is what the power is. I have the, I, I literally hold the power of your life in my hands right now. And I just gave you grace. And, and I, I would also like to think, in addition, because I don't disagree with you, that maybe for a moment, she thought about having lost her children. Mm-hmm. And was like, you know, maybe I'm not going to do this to Allison. Yeah. That might be part of it, too. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered because Allison would have been dead, too. So it, it Well, <laughs> it, it's the, the idea. Yeah. The yeah. Idea yeah. And yeah. I, I agree with that as well. But I, I really think it was more so. Oh, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it was really like. It wasn't her place. Yeah. It, it wasn't her place. It's not it her battle. Her and then at the same time, I feel like that was her basically telling Allison, get your shit together. Because now Rainier is about to find out everything that you did here today. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. At this point, Rhaenyra does not even know her father is dead. Right. She doesn't know. And that's and not only is her father dead, y'all just had a coronation for the crown that was supposed to go to her. Mm-hmm. After y'all just basically, like I said, left things on a good note. So, you know, once Rhaenyra hears what's about to happen, she's going to be pissed. Because she's going to feel like Allison was lying to her, that Allison yeah. was being fake. Yep. Because the last thing, planning this all along. Last thing y'all talked about, you were like, you know, I'm going to come back and we're going to, you know, we're going to hang out and things are going to be how they used to be. That was the last conversation y'all had. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'll come back kids. and see my father. I'm going to see the kids home and I'll come back and spend some time with you and dad. You know? Yeah. And then dad dies the same night so she's gonna think all the way back to that dinner when you said you know you'll make a great queen she'll make a great queen your ass was lying Mm -hmm. yeah you had this plan from the get-go that's how Rhaenyra is gonna feel that's how I would feel right you stabbed me no Damon gonna feel it because Damon don't like Allison anyway right but you waited until I left the island you wait until I left for Dragonstone mm-hmm. and you put your plans in or in place just that quick. Yep. That's uh, because that's what it looks like right now. And think about like. it. Rainice doesn't know the details of what happened because y'all locked her in her room. So mm-hmm. as far as she knows, Allison was behind all of that because Allison was the one who came to speak to her. Mm-hmm. was like, I really want your support. Mm-hmm. And then buttering, oh, you know, I love my husband, but you should have been queen. Yeah. Now, Otto ain't stupid. Otto would not, I don't think Otto would have gone as far as to kill or or they would have just left her locked in that room. I don't think they would have killed her. I think all. Otto probably would have. If she if she didn't bend the knee, I think you she think? probably would have. Mm-hmm. Oh, then he would have had all of Driftmark coming down on him at that point. Yeah, but at that point, you have to remember Lord Corliss is still in critical condition. They still don't know if he's going to make it or not. So right. at this point... But if you... They're, they're, though that family, there are enough people in that family there who would not take kindly to y'all killing, killing her. 
for their reason. They haven't done anything about Vayman, and Vayman was actually their blood. Rainis just married into the family. Well, Vayman was being an asshole. Vayman was being an <laughs> asshole, but that still but. does not negate the fact that he was killed. And yeah, it. I, well, it, that, I agree a little bit, but then again, his guards would have been like, yeah, he ran his mouth a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, what happened? What happened? And if they told him what happened, they'd be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. He called Damon's wife. He called, he called the heir apparent. But they would I mean, I, but let's be honest, even if they yeah. had done, if they had killed her, Driftmark would not be able to really do anything because at this point now, if they, they don't have leadership, and not even that, one. they don't have dragons. Melise is right there in the red keep. They don't yeah. have dragons. Yeah. They don't have Vagar. Well, the, they they just have sea smoke. Would be the only one they have. Right, but who's riding sea smoke right now? No, nobody. Nobody's riding sea smoke. Nobody's no. riding sea smoke. And I mean, Bela still has her dragon, but what is her one little dragon going to do against? First of all, what is it going to do against Vagar? Vagar is the largest dragon in in, in the world. Hmm. So you Maybe got Vagar. I think, huh? I think it's, is he largest or second largest? Because I think he, Hannibal he, might be larger. Uh. Uh-uh. I think Vagar uh, no. is the Vagar largest, is largest at this point. He was second only to um, Balerion. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even... She was, she was second only to Balerion because Vagar is Oh, she, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think even at this point, if they did kill Rhaenys, there's not much Driftmark is going to do. Now, they may refrain from, you know helping out the Targaryens if and when it comes to war. But if they kill Rhaenys, where is Driftmark? Driftmark going straight to Rhaenyra. They're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we don't care that you killed Laenor. They killed Rhaenys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we coming over here. What you finna do? What, what we doing? But I, I guess we'll see if that's gonna happen anyway. Because we know Rhaenyra, uh, Rhaenys is on her way to Rhaenyra right now. Yep. She about to run tail that, as Lori likes to say. <laughs> so we only have one episode left, season finale. And then we have to wait until probably 2024 before we get any new episodes. I'm like, oh. yeah, because I think they said it's not going to be 2023. Oh, absolutely. I don't even yeah. think I, yeah, I think really they're supposed to start filming in January in Spain is what I read. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh. So we're not at the Dance of Dragons yet, but we're about to get there. Because, you know, Rhaenys is not, I mean, Rhaenyra is not about to take kindly to any of this. At oh, all. no. At all. No, 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 no. At all. No, no, no. Oh. But you see what my screen name is. Danny would have said. Danny would have said it. She would have. <laughs> she would have. She would have been like, "Oh, you trying to take my throne? Oh yeah, let me go on ahead and just Dracarys you right quick and just be done with this. Let matter of yeah. fact, let me Dracarys your whole family and just be done yeah. with this right quick. Yeah, yeah. she would have. But she, she would have done it just for locking her up in in the in the room, just for locking the door. Would have. Danny did have <laughs> just for, just for that. But I think the <laughs> difference also too is Rainice grew up and has been around during Viserys' peaceful reign and, you know, 
if she would have done that, that would have been an act of war and she would have started it. And I don't think that's what Rainice wants. No. If it was a personal slight to her in that sense, she would have, but she didn't even start. I, well, I won't even say she didn't start war with Rainier after Lenor died because technically speaking, they're still family. Yeah. Even and, she was a, and she was also alive during a lot of um, Jaharis's reign. Right. And so, so she knows what peace looks like mm-hmm. and how conflicts get resolved without war. So maybe to her, there might have been a way to resolve this conflict without war, but right. she wasn't going to start the war. Right. Uh, and again, it's it's Rhaenyra's, it's Rhaenyra's decision on how she wants to handle this because she's the one who's been slighted. Yeah. You know, she literally has had her birthright stolen from her as decreed by her father, the king. So it's going to be interesting seeing how this, you know, pans out. So um, you have any final thoughts on this episode? I really don't. Um, Again, people can have mental health issues and still be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kinks are perfectly fine. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with them. Oh, we did we did forget one thing. So yeah, apparently, sir, uh, uh, Lord Laris sent someone to go burn down the White Worm's house. Now I don't know if she was in there. I doubt it, but I doubt it because if her network is as good as as it's proclaimed to be, she knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. She probably knew what was coming as soon as she met with Otto Hightower. Yeah, like she like she wouldn't. Seriously, Laris, you don't think that she would know what you're up to? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I yeah. but I also kind of wonder, you know, now that I think about it, I'm wondering if Laris was the one who sent the person, or maybe was it Otto? Because it had, I feel it had, I, I think it was Laris. Okay. Because I was gonna say Otto did not look too pleased to have someone like that put one over on him. You know, because she was basically like um, she said, yeah, I, I found him in Flea Bottom and I took him somewhere safe because I felt like somebody could hurt him. She was like, but please no one understand. I could have killed him at any time. And when you go yeah. through your game and you put him on the throne, you remember that I was responsible for that. I don't think Otto liked that. True, but Otto is also has used her network in the past. He's benefited from it in the yeah. past. So he's... um. He's savvy enough to know what she was really saying. She okay. really was just saying, I, I I want to make sure that Flea Bottom is fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knows that it probably wasn't really malicious because if she was going to kill him, she'd have killed him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He knew it was an empty threat. She wasn't going to kill him. Yeah, because what that's why it's, to her? He yeah, ain't worth like, nothing. He's just, he's just pay her. Yeah. <laughs> just, just pay her and be done with it. Yeah. So he's yeah, he w- but Laris, he would have done it because the queen would have shown him her ankles. Yeah, I mean, I would I mean, he probably would have done it without that. I mean, this is the same dude who killed his father and his brother. Yeah, but remember she she learned that she has to be clear and concise yeah. in what she desires cuz yeah. you don't want the le- him to leave it open to interpretation. Mhm. Yep, that's true. The other thing, did you notice that the person walking away from the fire um, had an eye patch? 
No, I didn't notice that. I, I think he had an eye patch. I looked three times and I was like, that's an eye patch under there. I don't know if it was aiming, but there is an eye. There is, I think there's a definite eye patch up under that hood. I have to look at that again. So, which I think is interesting because if that's the case and that, that just negates my whole argument supporting Eamon, <laughs> if that's the case, but I don't know if I think it was him or if it was somebody else. I do know that there are some other assassins that we will learn about probably in season two, but mm-hmm. I can't remember if one of them had an eye patch. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's about to be on. I'm just, I'm I'm preparing for Rhaenyra's wrath and probably Damon's too. I was going to say, I'm preparing for Damon's wrath. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, because he loves his brother. Yes, I mean, he does. You, you, and, and to know that he died and you didn't tell him yeah. But his brother I, was dead. That's I, gonna be that's gonna hurt him more than anything. Yeah. That's gonna hurt him a lot. Especially it was like right after he left. Because he could have come back. Mm-hmm. And after they had kind of, I won't say patched things up, but things were not as tense mm-hmm. as they had been. I think I think in that moment where he helped Viserys up the stairs and gave him his crown. I think there was a little bit of forgiveness on both of their parts in that moment mm-hmm. and a little bit of a healing between them. But to know now that that will never, that rift will never be healed 100%. That's, I have a feeling that's going to, that's going to do something to Damon's psyche. That's going to be hard to control. Mm-hmm. And I still believe him and Eamon are on a collision course for disaster. <laughs> they just are. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're two sides of the same coin. They, they are. They're destined for... They are. I think Eamon is a little bit more controlled than Damon in in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Because Damon, yeah. he sees stuff like... Damon, this is the person who, you know... Your brother said he was sending some ships to help you and you go and and kill like a whole army because you don't want his help, you know? Um, So, yeah, this is the person who went and started, you know, started the whole war in the Stepstones because he was like, oh, okay, you're not doing nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go out here. You don't want to make me air? You're going to take that away from me? Yeah, I'm going to go out here and kill some things. So, yeah, I I think you're right. They are on a collision course. They are two sides of the same coin. And that is, I don't know if, I don't think we'll get that in this season. I think at this point, especially since they focused on the high towers and that side of the um, story, as far as Viserys' death and what it means, I think the next episode, they probably will focus on Rhaenyra and how she responds to all of this. Yeah, because the title of the episode is The Black Queen. Right. This episode was The Green Council. Mm -hmm. So So I'm sure the next episode is going to be from from the Black's perspective. perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I don't don't think we're going to get any war or any real fighting in this one next episode. We may get a little bit. I don't think so. Um, But I think all of that big stuff 
I think all of that big stuff is going to happen probably in the second season. Um, I did read that they will not be doing any more time jumps. So we are done with the time jumps. Um, and I well, also, that tells me that the dance is still not going to start. They may not even start next season. If they're not going to do any time jumps, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a lot of things that have to happen first. Yeah. Some people have got, yeah, there's some things that's got to happen first. And I can see them being able to stretch that stuff out. Yeah. I don't think that, I, I, I don't think, I don't think they'll stretch it the full season because we know that the Dance of Dragons is happening. We, we got to have some dragons fighting. So that's got to come in season two. You can't go the whole season and not give us that. So, I would say maybe about halfway through the season before the really, really big stuff starts happening as far as the dragons. But again, I don't know how long they're planning on um, doing this show. Like, I don't know how many seasons. I know I heard a rumor of four or five seasons. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if, I don't know if I want it to last that long. Write it down. We're not going to get our first real dragon battle until the season finale of season two. And it may not even start. I think you're going to see a lot of dragons because there's a lot of dragons out there, especially at Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. They don't have riders. Yeah. You got sea smoke. They don't have riders. Mm -hmm. We got to find riders for these people. Right. Yeah. And so we're going to spend the whole season marshalling resources, you know, going to different locations to get the different bannermen on board, and then we'll buy get another dragon. So we're going to see all these things yeah. happening, and it's going to take the whole season. Yeah, you might be right. For, you for might us be to right. get to that point, because there's a lot of there's things a lot of stuff that that's got to line up yeah. before the dance actually happens. Okay. So we may not even get any dragon battles but I promise you, we'll see a lot of dragons because, like I said, those HBO execs, they want to see dragons. Mm-hmm. They want to see dragons. Right. That's all they care about, the dragons and the Targaryens. Right. That's what we're going to get a lot of next season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. Because when you started saying that, I was like, wait, there is a lot of shit that happens in between Viserys' death and the dance, the actual dance. There's a lot of death that happens in between that too. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, and then we got houses that's gonna switch sides <laughs> one or two times. We got we got all that stuff that we got You're lords right. that gotta die, and then their kids become the lord, and they they change their mind. We got a lot of stuff that's gotta happen. You're right. So yeah, you might you might be right. We may not start they can, the dance. They can stretch it out. Yeah. They can okay. stretch it out. Okay. I just don't want them. I don't mind them taking their time to t- tell the story, especially without the time jumps. Cause I really, they could have, they could have extended this season a little bit more. Like some of this stuff they probably could have put in the second season. I wouldn't have been mad. I would have, I would have liked to see them develop some of the, the characters more, um, especially the characters like, um, you know, Sir, Sir Harwin <laughs> Strong, um, Lena, <laughs> Valarion, you know, those two stories, like these two people were so important to the story in the book. 
Yeah. And how and, many lines did Sir Harold have during the whole season? Not yeah, absolutely nothing from him mm-hmm. up until this this episode. Not nothing. enough. Yeah. Nothing. So, so well. I don't know. I, it's almost as if the show started out as a proof of concept. And and then all of a sudden the execs were on board and oh crap. Then they they had to put the show together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it it felt like. Okay. Yeah. That's what it felt like, especially after the other show got scrapped. Yeah. And I heard rumors. I heard rumors that Sea Snake was on the ropes, too. Now, that's the thing. For for lack of dragons. I heard that it was on the ropes, but then I saw something more recently that says that George R.R. Martin has confirmed that they are moving forward with it. So I don't know which one is true. At this point, I'm like, I'm just going to wait until they say, oh, it's confirmed. This is what we're doing. We know that there are um, several spinoff ideas out there. I think the only one that we know that is happening so far is the Jon Snow spinoff. Everything else right now is just kind of on the table. So I'm not going to speculate too much about those. I would love to see something about the sea snake because, again, I feel like in this show, like they made him one of the most important characters, one of the most prominent characters of the show. But I still feel like his family was on the back burner. And then, you know, to go through the whole thing of going through all of this drama off screen about making this prominent character a person of color and making his family you know black you know him being black brother being black kids being black and now pretty much all of them are dead it's like what was the whole point in you know in in the representation if you were just going to kill them off so if they're going to do a sea snake story spinoff i'm here for it Maybe we can get all of them back and we can we can explore that story some more just a little bit. But yeah, I I'm I'm just gonna wait and see what they say about it. I'm not gonna get my hopes up because again, I, I kind of had my hopes up for the other spinoff because my boy was in it and then they just kind of pulled it. So I was just kind of like, okay, you know what? I'll just wait until I start seeing trailers and I'll be like, oh, okay, then I start getting uh, excited. I was thinking, I said, you know, the the last the series that got canceled with the pilot was the lack of dragons and Targaryens. Yes. And so the only thing that might be keeping Sea Snake around is the potential of Renice's courtship will include a dragon. So that that is going to be probably the savior of that. Okay. So, and they may may even write it to the point where she might be an integral part of his dominance of the stepstones, like having a dragon on his side. Okay. So you know, I can see how it might be on the ropes because they got to convince them that yeah, there's going to be a Targaryen and dragons. Mm-hmm. And they can be like, okay, yeah, yeah, we we might be down with that. Okay. The only reason why Jon Snow is going along is because. He's, it's Jon Snow. It's Jon Snow. So Jon Snow and the Wildlings, hopefully. So yeah. Maybe maybe there, maybe there'll be a dragon. Who knows? Maybe they'll actually explore the fact that he's Aegon Targaryen the sixth. Yeah. Again, maybe, maybe, maybe we might see Drogon come back. You don't know. 
Joe got a little bit pissed off. I don't know. He might come looking for him. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. maybe we can find out where he took Danny's body. True. I've I've heard rumors, but you know, or I, I've heard speculation. Yeah, speculation. He took it back to old Valeria. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and that, uh, red <laughs> priestesses are going to bring her back. Mm, yeah. So mm. okay. Well, we we've seen people brought back from death before, so. Yep, death is just an obstacle. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel. You can chat with us on our Discord channel, and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. <laughs>